episode 166. Hi, welcome to my mum's show. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of the Single Mother Survival Guide Podcast. My name is Julia Husher and I'm the host of this show and I'm just so delighted that you're here today. Thank you for joining me. If you are a new listener, then I want to wish you a very warm welcome. And if you are a regular, welcome back. Okay, so school's gone back this week in New South Wales. I'm actually recording this right at the beginning of the school holidays. I'm actually... On the date this comes out, I'm still overseas, but I'm will be getting back tomorrow, which is really exciting. And I'm, it's crazy actually to think like what I'm about to experience between now and the date that this podcast goes live. <laughs> and I'm sure I'll be able to reveal it all soon. But like, wow, I can't believe what's ahead of me. So it's super exciting. And I bet that I'm also just dying to get back to see my daughter at this point. So anyway, I hope that if you had to say goodbye to kids in school holidays, that you've had a really nice reunion and that life is just carrying on as usual. I just wanted to give a little warning that this episode might kind of act as a trigger for some people. We are talking about domestic violence. And if you think this is something that might trigger you, only you know if you're in a, in a good headspace to listen to this, but I think this story is super inspiring and I think the guest on today's show is just so amazing and um, I'm really looking forward to you hearing it. I'm just so grateful that she is on the show sharing her story. Yeah, I know it's not easy to talk about, but I know how beneficial it is for other people, so... Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. You know who you are. She's remaining anonymous, however. Okay, so before we get into this week's episode, this week's listener shout out is from LJEA from somewhere in Great Britain. And it was regarding episodes 130 to 133. And she wrote, during these episodes, I have laughed and cried. I started listening during my holiday almost three years after I became a single mother to three children. It has uncanny parallels with what happened to me. We had a four-year-old, two-year-old, and our baby was eight days old. Perfect marriage to hell within days. I have never heard a story so similar. I'm feeling less alone, and it's definitely worth a listen. Now, these episodes that she is referring to were the, were the episodes about sudden wife abandonment with Haley, part one, two, and three. Thank you to that reviewer for leaving that review. That's really lovely, and I'm so glad that it resonated with you. And it's actually just really shocked me how common this sudden wife abandonment is. It's something that people always ask me about, and... Um, I always refer them to these podcasts, Haley's, and then the podcast I did with Ashleen on Sudden Wife Abandonment, which was episode 115. And I also refer Amy's story, which was part one and part two, episodes 152 and 153. And a very similar thing happened to her as well. So if you, if you know, this Sudden Wife Abandonment's kind of clicks and you're going what is she talking about this sounds like something that may have happened to me like you'll probably really get a lot out of those episodes they're super powerful and um yeah I know that women who have listened who have been through similar it's had a very powerful impact on them that's what I love about this podcast you know it's really about women connecting with each other 
And I just want as many single mothers as I can to find this podcast so that they do realize that they're not alone as well. So if you could do me the biggest favor and leave me a review on iTunes, all you have to do is go to my show and click on write a review and you can leave your review right there. And if you don't have a couple of minutes to write a review, even just tapping on the stars to rate it would be so great and helps new single moms find this podcast. So thank you. Okay, so it's time to get into this week's episode. As I said, we are talking domestic violence. So if you think this might be a trigger for you, you know, just so you know, that's what it's about. But I just think my guest is so amazing and I can't wait for you to hear this. It's two part episode. So part one will be this week, part two will be next week. And I absolutely loved chatting with my guest, you know, and um, I'm just so grateful that she shared her story. So let's get into it. On the show with me today, I have a beautiful single mum who's here to share her story. She is staying anonymous today, so I'm not going to mention her name, but hello. How are you? Hi, Julia. I'm very well. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your story. I know that what you're talking about today is not only fresh, um, but quite sensitive as well. So I really appreciate you sharing it to help other people. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Okay, so let's just dive right in. How old is your child and how long have you been single for? Um, so my son, he's turning three next month. Um, I've pretty much been single since he was born. Um, I left his dad when he was about three or four months old. Um, we did get back together twice. Um, but both times my son was very young and it was only like a month each time because it just wasn't going to work out. Okay. All right. So let's go to the beginning. How did you meet your ex and what, how did the relationship sort of progress? Um, so it was about five years ago. It was 2014. Um, we were both into the gym and one of his friends was seeing one of my friends. So, um, the two of them thought it would be fun for the four of us to hang out. And basically we were just spending every night, the four of us. And then one day he just started to ask to see me one-on-one and it was about a month. We were hanging out almost every night and just, yeah, just staying up talking really. We weren't sleeping together or anything. Um, And then about two months in, we ended up sleeping together and he got really funny about it. He was um, like, it was, it was new to him. He was 19 and I was 21 and he was kind of like, what's going on like I don't I don't know what's going on like I'm not used to this feeling like I think I've got feelings for you really and I kind of yeah yeah I was like yeah like I knew he was two years younger than me but I didn't think like that he never experienced feelings but you know he was this young guy in the gym and he was into steroids and looking good um tattoos you know, just seeing all these different girls and not getting any connections with any of them. And then he just said, and you're different. I, I don't know what to do. I just went, well, like, I don't know. Like, do you want to stop seeing each other? And he's like, no, no. 
so we kept seeing each other and then um yeah just it was every single night and then something come up where I wanted to see my friends and he didn't want me to see my friends and I thought well okay I'm not really sure why and he just thought like do you want to see them over me and I was like well no I always want to spend time with you but I see you every night and I kind of want to see my friends yes and we ended up in this really big argument over it and he just like spat out I love you okay (laughs) really um yeah I was like oh um and like I felt the same but so did he equate feeling yeah. love, like being in love with someone that they're not allowed to see anybody else, including their friends? That's so bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Like he just thought that like when you're in love, you don't want to go to a friend's house and you don't want to go and have a drink, you know, and go out or you, you should just want to spend every night with them. And that's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's, it's... yeah so that's where it really started. I guess we jumped into a relationship pretty quickly. And did you take that as a, an alarm bell or had you never experienced that kind of behavior before and were maybe almost a bit flattered by it? Yeah, I, I was really cautious. Like from, you know, one or two months into the relationship, I sort of questioned whether it was a path I wanted to go down. And I did try and leave him a lot of times early on. Um, only because I was like, you know, he wants to spend every minute of every day, every night together. And I, and it started by, I wasn't allowed to see my friends. Um, and then we started to fight a lot over each other's past and people that we used to be friends with or used to see. And then we used to hack away at social media. So I had to delete any mails. And of course I said, it's only fair for you to delete females too that was the first step he made me delete every friend that was a male on Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat (laughs) oh my god and I guess like at first I was like this shouldn't be like this like we should have trust in each other but I just always had that vibe that it was easier to do it than to try and fight with him about it and it wasn't worth fighting over so I just went with that and I was like, that's fine. But um, we still ended up having issues super early on. So he was like, I think we should just delete social media and just worry about us and our relationship and just enjoy it. Wow. So that was the second thing that went first. It was like like physically seeing your friends. And, and secondly, it was removing social media altogether. Um, Complete isolation, isn't it? Yeah, and so early on. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just kind of thought, you know, you're the kind of guy where you're very good looking, you've got um, muscles and tattoos and all these girls, like, you know, they all back in the day used to fangirl over him because they were all high school sort of girls that were younger than him being 19. Mm-hmm. And then I was that bit older and I, I kind of was that bit older and I was like, oh, I don't don't understand the craze, like all the girls that chase you. <laughs> um <laughs> That's what he said he liked about me is that I wasn't like the other girls. Like I didn't fangirl over him. Yeah. And, yeah, like I wasn't obsessed over him, I suppose. Um, So he wanted to delete social media so he didn't have all the girls chasing him and he could just focus on me and I could just focus on him. But my family, like they saw the alarm bells and they didn't want to meet him, that he wasn't welcome at our house. I was always at his every single night. Were you allowed to still see your family then? 
Yeah. So yeah, I was living with my family, but basically I'd finish work, I'd go home and I'd get my bag and I'd go to his house, I'd sleep there and I'd go to work from there. And then Uh, you'd finish work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But he said, you know, pretty much you should just move in because you're here all the time. So I did that. So you moved in with him and his parents? Yeah. And what were they like? Um, So she is basically the female version of him. Wow. (laughs) And I think one of the first times I met her, like she was sitting on the floor cutting her boyfriend. It's not um, my ex's father. Yeah. So um, she had a new partner and she was sitting on the floor cutting his toenails and I just thought that's really (laughs) odd. (laughs) So odd. That's disgusting. I'm not cutting anyone's toenails. Yeah, and (laughs) she would just get around the house and like, you know, make meals for him and wouldn't eat herself and she'd pick the – um, dirty dishes up and wash them up and then sit down with him and then they go to bed and um, you just really saw her almost like a housemaid just pleasing him. Wow. So was her was her partner then like him? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're both very much so where the female does all of the cooking and all of the cleaning and, like, they really need to worship their partner. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um, Like, I even remember my ex would say things like, you know, you should be grateful that you're with me. Every girl would want to be with me or, um, you know, look at you and look at me. You should um, (gasps) feel lucky to be with me. Um, You're not on my level, like that sort of thing. Wow, that is so cool. Yeah. Far out. And people that I used to be friends with, he would say, you know, don't say hi to that person if I ran into them or I can't believe you're friends with that person. You should be very select who you're friends with because look at you and then look at your friends. Um, oh, my God. He's like, it, it should be a privilege to be with someone like you because you're with someone like me. Jesus. <laughs> who is this Crazy guy? comments. <laughs> it's like whole, like, yeah. social, it's like, bizarre. ladder. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, at the time, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. But now I just think, oh, my God, who did he think he was? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Wow. Okay. So at what point did you move in then with him? How many months had you been together for? Um, probably three months is when I moved in. Okay. So it was quite whirlwind. Yeah. Yeah. But I think stripping away the friendships and then the social media took a bit of a toll on us and we started to argue a lot. Um, I think I mentioned earlier he was into steroids he was pretty yeah. heavily taking them so it affected his anger a lot um and we started bickering when we were living with his parents and you know little things started to happen like he would grab me by my arms and push me against the wall or um I was against the wall once where he punched the side of side of my face so he punched the wall but not me um, and his mum just started to say, you know, like, I'm not having this in my home and you guys are old enough anyway, so you can move out. My home? shouldn't be happening at all. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Fuck you to him. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah, so she really just thought it was the steroids that did it to him. But I think we've all learned over time that it's just in his, like, it's it's just who he is as a person and the steroids only 
make it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we moved out into our first home out of many <laughs> and um, within, it, it was about three or four weeks, he was hurting me in that home and I didn't really know what to do. I called my mum and told her what was happening and thought, you know, we've just moved into this house. We've got a six-month lease and we've been there less than a month and I'm getting hurt and there's damages to the property and I don't know what to do. So mum actually called the real estate and the real estate came around and told us that we had to fix the damages. Um, But mum and dad also came and picked up all of my things and moved them home. So I was like, oh, okay, I've got to move home then. Um, Yeah, yeah, and the real estate also said to us she was going to give us an opportunity to exit our lease so that we didn't have any more incidents occur and then perhaps get a black blacklisted name for renting. Um, So, yeah, mum and dad moved me home. And then they picked up all of his belongings and moved them to his home. And that was supposed to be the end of it. So that was you breaking up? Yeah, it was supposed to be. Did you want that as well at that point? Were you like, this is hurting me, this is not good, this is not a normal relationship, I've got to get out of this? Yeah. So um, like when I said, you know, he was hurting me in that home and there was it really doesn't seem like much now compared to what ended up happening, but it was, I think I was trying to leave him and he grabbed a knife out of the knife block and he said, you know, I can't be without you and, you know, I'm going to kill myself. And I sort of thought that's silly behavior. And I went to get the knife off of him and he turned it and he said, like, I'll take both of our lives. And I just thought he's been crazy. He's obviously taken too many steroids. I just tried to run down the hallway and he chased after me and I was, I think I ran into the toilet to lock the door and he ended up in the toilet with me in this tiny little, you know, toilet room, door locked and he had me up against the corner and he was just acting so crazy and like growling sort of thing, like like he was an animal and he's just like, I'm going to uh, bite your ear off and that sort of thing. And then he did. <gasps> and I thought, this is... Yeah, and then like he bit my ear. He bit your ear off, but (laughs) you bit it. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, bit my ear. Um, I don't know if that was the same fight or if it was a different fight, but he'd also like bite my nose, which is really just strange. Oh my god! Thought like something's not right with you. So when Mum and Dad moved me home, I was like, "Yep, that's it." But. I could barely sleep that night. We were on the phone to each other and then we saw each other the next day and then we were back together, both living at his parents' house. Was he remorseful about his actions? Yeah, in the beginning, um, early days of the relationship he was, he would apologise and say, oh, you know, it's this new stuff that I'm taking. It just, it's not agreeing with me. Yeah, so um, the next day we kind of got back together and then I was, basically living with them again I could just have my clothes and toiletries and stuff at his house and then his mum said you know guys it's you need to move out so we moved out again into a new home yeah and we sort of said you know we're not bringing that behavior into this home like we obviously really love each other because 
you know, we'll give up friendships and work through the fights and our parents, you know, not agreeing with us. So we obviously love each other so much that we can work through anything. Um, and we just said we're not going to bring any of that behaviour into this house. And it kind of worked for a little while. And things are good. He was working. He, he didn't normally work. Um, he just sort of did tradey work here and there. And then he ended up getting a full-time job. So we are both working full-time. And we ended up getting a little puppy. And we would walk that every day. And I thought things were great. We weren't fighting. There was no violence. Um, and he started talking about wanting to start a family. How long have you been dating at this point? Um, I think we've been together, must have been about, yeah, a year and a half. Yeah. Because we're in this house for a little while when things are going good. And then, yeah, he said, oh, I think things have been going really well. And, yeah, we just thought we'd been through a lot. And why not start a family? Because we're obviously going to be together through everything. And why waste any time? Let's be young parents. And I was kind of a little bit against it. I didn't think we should have rushed. And, yeah, I just thought we needed to get set up financially as well as just have that really strong relationship and, like, knowing that it was going to work. But we started to fight over when we're going to start trying. And I was actually still taking my pill and he didn't know. And... And then one day he's like, are you still taking this? And I just went, well, yeah. And he's like, well, I've stopped steroids. Like, you need to stop your pill or, you know, this isn't going to happen. And um, anyway, I stopped the pill and we were obviously trying. And it took us about six or seven months. And how was his behaviour during that time? Was he Was the relationship fairly like healthy at that point or was he still being really aggressive? Um, it was good for the most of it um, but towards, not that I knew I was, when I was pregnant but it was really close to when I had fell pregnant that he started to go backwards again. One of the fights that we'd had, he went into my phone and went into my blocked numbers and he was questioning a number that was in there and who it was and why it was there and are you talking to someone while you're at work and then blocking them when you get home? Like, are you hiding something from me? I said, no, no, no. It's probably a number that you made me put in there. And anyway, he's like, ring it right now. So I rang it. And sure enough, it was someone that he asked me to block. But it, it, it was like he forgot yeah. he made me do that. And he was actually, you know, accusing this guy over the phone of talking to me. And he was like, when was the last time you spoke to her? And it was like ages ago, ages ago, like a year ago too. And um, anyway, he just hung up the phone and he threw my phone and he kind of pushed me and I'd fallen over and I'd put a hole in the wall close to the floor. Oh, my God, he must have pushed you really hard. Yeah, yeah. And then he picked me up, he grabbed me by my arms and pushed me against the wall and he slapped me. And then there was a bit of push and shove but he'd actually grabbed me by my neck and put me up against the wall and tried lifting me up by my neck. And I kind of went like, you need to let me go. And eventually he let go. 
and I grabbed my phone and keys and I jumped in the car and I just started driving. I didn't know where I was going, but I rang a friend who I knew their number off by heart because I didn't have any numbers in my phone. Oh, my God. He just did not let you have any contacts. Yeah. And I forgot to mention, like, even old phones that I had, he literally smashed them with a hammer so I couldn't, couldn't have access to any old phones or old contacts. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a cycle. Um, and, and I didn't even think to ring my parents because he not only took away, like, friendships and social media, but it got to the point um, my parents didn't even know the location of this house and he had blocked their phone numbers in my phone, so I actually hadn't talked to them for a little while. Um, so I jumped in my car and I just called this friend who was always there and he said, I'm not getting off the phone until you go to the police station. So I was like, okay, all right, I can do this. So <laughs> I went to the station, I hung up the phone, I went in and I had a thousand missed calls from him and his mum. but. Anyway, I told them what happened. They went and picked him up. They put him in the watch house and then they let me go home. They wouldn't let me go home until they'd had him. And when I went home, his mum was ringing me and I answered and I just said, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't really know what I was thinking, but like I went to the police station and now have a DVO on him. And she just, basically said like are you crazy like you're going to end up back with him why would you do that um you know that you and him are going to be together forever you know you can't be without each other so (gasps) you're going to have to drop that paperwork and I was like yeah I know I know and I just I don't know I was so I just had all these different emotions I didn't know what to do and she was basically the only person I had to talk with so I was just kind of going with the flow I was like I know I know Anyway, so he eventually got released and he was told that he had to go home to his mum's house. It was about midnight and he just came straight back over and was like, you're going to have to go to the courthouse and amend that paperwork now and you can leave the DVO on, but you've got to remove that. There's to be no contact. We can live together. We can be together. So that was the next thing. Was he angry when he came back? Um, He was a little bit. I think he was just more upset. Like he was really quiet. And he's just like, I don't understand why you do that. Like, we just, I know, it's late. Um, we're back together. It was all for nothing. Like, you wasted your time and now you got to go to court um, and just undo everything you just did. And then I sort of had him and his mum saying, you know, do you really want to be without him? You don't want to be with me. Like, I thought we were starting a family. I thought things were really good. Did you consider at yeah. this point, did you think to yourself, this is really bad. Like I'm in a really dangerous situation here and I shouldn't have a child with this man. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we spoke about it a lot. Like I wanted things to be really good between us before we did bring a kid into it. Yeah. But I think part of me thought he probably would never change until there was a child around. Ah, like so I it was like a, a fix. Maybe that. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of both. Like I thought maybe with age, maybe with a bit of responsibility and a little human like running around that he would, he wouldn't do those things. Yeah. But yeah, as that before this happened, there was two other incidents in that one house. Um, and 
they were quite bad. I'd had um, a busted eyebrow that was bleeding. Um, I think my eye was bleeding as well. So when I went to work one day, I actually had people ask me what happened. And I just had to kind of blame it on our dog and say, oh, it just jumped and scratched me or um, just got a bit of a bruise from the force of it. It was a Labrador. So I was like, yeah, it was just a bit of rough play. I don't know. Um, but I think people started to catch on at work um, and he wanted to move to the Gold Coast. So I'd been applying for a couple of jobs and I actually got a job around this time. And um, so I'd quit my job and his mum booked accommodation for us and said, you guys need to go off to the coast because of the DVO. And if you get caught, you know, in town together, you'll get in trouble. So just disappear for a week to the coast. And that's actually the week that I fell pregnant. Um, And yeah, it was the week before I started a new job on the Gold Coast. Wow. So, um, yeah, we were there for a week and then we got into court and I spoke to the judge and said, you know, everything I said was a lie. He has not hurt me. I was just mad in the moment and I want to take it all back and remove the DVO. And that was lifted. Um, what? See, that just we, like, it's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Because you think that they'd have a little bit more, yeah. like, consideration yeah. about that. Like, why is she suddenly saying? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> and so his mum his mom actually worked for a law firm and she, like, has had a lot of experience with this. So she basically said, you have to say it didn't happen. You're not scared of him. You want to be with him. You want all of the conditions dropped and it's, it'll be okay. And it was. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So we then moved to the Gold Coast um, the week after the holiday week. And I started my new job. And within two weeks, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I just thought, we're in a new town. You don't have a job. I've only just started a job. I'm pregnant. I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. Um, How did he react to the news? He was he was really happy. He was um, so it took us six six or seven months to get pregnant, um, and every month he'd make me do tests. And I'm like, I'm not pregnant. I'm not pregnant. But this time, when he said do a test, I was so against it, and I just kept forgetting to buy one because I I think I knew yeah. deep down, and I just didn't want to find out. Yeah. And then, yeah, when when we did do the test and, you know, it said five weeks, I just burst into tears and I didn't know what to do and I was happy and I was sad and yeah, I went, okay, I yeah. Um, yeah, and then it was only three weeks after that in the new home and three weeks of knowing that we were pregnant that he'd hurt me again. So I um, eventually rang my mom and told her the news. I said, I'm pregnant and and I'm still getting hurt and I don't know what to do. Okay. Um, yeah, she just went, like, what are you doing? Like, it's, it's not too early to think of your options. What? 
do you think you'd want to do? I was like, oh, my God, Mum, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, no, I'm, I'm having this baby. I don't even know what options there are. Yeah. I'm just I'm having him. And um, anyway, got on with it. We were fairly good through the pregnancy. Um, there was one one fight. So I had announced at work around 12 weeks that I was pregnant and it was probably only four weeks after that that I'd come into work with um, a busted eye and a um, big lip and things like that. And, and um, my boss actually called me into his office and he said, oh, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but I just wanted to let you know I can tell that you're wearing extra makeup today and I just want to see if you want to talk. <laughs> what a great boss. I, thought, I feel like I'm going to cry. That's yeah. like, that is so nice. That is so yeah. nice. And I was just like, I was just like, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Like I'm okay. And he just said, well, you know, we're a very large, um, a very large company. We've got X amount of offices. Um, we've got a support system that you can talk to within work hours that, you know, I'm happy for you to go and meet with. And um, I just went like, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. And he just said, well, if anything ever happens and you do need anyone, like I'm only around the corner. So wow. I was like, okay, that, that's nice. Thank you. That's incredible. Um, we need more people yeah. in the world. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I think too often people hear these things and do nothing. I think they're too scared to, to bring it up or to talk about it. Yeah, or they don't want to get involved or they don't know for sure. Yeah, like, yeah, they don't. They think it's maybe pushing a boundary or hmm. they don't want to hear it or they don't want to get involved when, yeah. It can save a life. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so the rest of the pregnancy was pretty good. Um, I actually gave birth five weeks early <laughs> and I knew it was sort of coming on, but he didn't believe me. And believe it was like you. a Monday and I'm like, yeah, it was a Monday. I was 35 weeks pregnant and I'm like, I really feel like he's coming soon. <laughs> and he's like, no, whatever. And um and then on the Wednesday, like, I had a little bit of bleeding and I was like, no, he's really coming. Like, I, I think I've got to get ready. And he was just getting angry with me because he's like, you know, stop getting me excited. And then he, like, there's nothing to worry about, nothing. He's not coming. And then I went off to work that day on the Wednesday. <laughs> and then 3 o'clock I finished and I went home and my water broke at 3.20. Oh, my gosh. And I was just alone at home. <laughs> I was just alone at home and... um. <laughs> He didn't have a license, so he was at work and I rang him and he's like, well, I can't really get home. I was like, are you kidding me? I couldn't get home. I'm going to have this baby. How can you get home? Um, What about Ubers? Don't they exist on the coast? Yeah. Yeah, well, he didn't didn't have a license so no one from work would drive him. I'm like, book an Uber. I don't care if they get mad that you're skipping work. Like, you could get here. You've got to get me to the hospital. I'm not driving. Yeah. Um, All right. So he basically got an Uber and then picked me up. I jumped in the Uber and we went up to the hospital. And I just said, oh, no, you're not, you're not um, dilating at all yet. Like, you can go home. 
Um, my mum and sister were both in the car on their way down to the Gold Coast. So I was going to ask as well, so after you told your mum that you were pregnant and you were with this guy and he was hurting you and stuff, what was her, what was, what was going on with the family? Like were you talking to the family during your pregnancy or were you sort of being, shutting them out because they were trying to get you to leave? Yeah, yeah not a lot. Um, like I did talk to mum but majority of the communication I had, I had to hide. Um, so I might talk to her while I was at work but never at home. Um, I might send her some photos but then I'd delete them because I wasn't allowed to have any photos of myself at all. So I've got no bump photos, which is really sad. But anyway, yeah, I did see her twice while I was pregnant. She came down both of those times. But yeah, as soon as my water broke and I'd rang him and I'd rang mum, mum came rushing down and he was like, why would you ring them? Why would you get them to come down? You're not having this baby yet. It's all like a big false alarm. Like they've sent you home from the hospital um, already. And then we went a second time. They sent me home again. But mum was like, it's fine. You're having this baby. It's definitely coming tonight or in the morning. Um, so, yeah, we went to bed that night and I was having contractions through the night. So I knew he was coming in the morning. But he still went off to work. Oh, my God. <laughs> he went to work and he's like, just ring me when you need me. And I was like, mm. <laughs> All right. Wasn't this, you know, as much as I was in love with the idea of having a child and, like, it's the best thing I've ever done. But I was kind of like, this was all your idea and you're not even going to be here for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, like my sister. So I'm in the hospital and we're walking from like the main, like the first room into the actual birthing suite. We're walking down the hallway to the birthing suite. And my, my sister's on him and she's like, you need to get here. Like she, you're going to miss it. Anyway, he made it in time, but it was all really quick. He was born really, really quickly. And then. Um, How nice of him to be there throughout the labor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, I have so many photos, my mum talk, where my sister was holding like I had her arm around my back or like was playing with my hair there's like a photo where I'm sitting on the edge of something and my sister's standing between my legs and I've got my toes like digging into the sides of her legs like every contraction I have you know what the beauty in this is that you know you're not together now obviously but you've got all these beautiful photos that he's not in you know, so you're going to remember that yeah. as a kind of a nice empowering moment where it was just you and your family and not that evil person. Yep. Yeah. And at least yeah. they took photos because if he was there, who knows, maybe you wouldn't have even been allowed to take any photos. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he ended up making it and, um, and he was there and he was holding my hand and we actually had some really nice moments where he was like, oh, I love you so much more, like, to see you going through this, like, you're absolutely amazing and I just like oh you know over overwhelmed all these emotions and I just thought like how nice of him to say that and he thinks I'm incredible and like I've given him this baby and he's so grateful of this baby but um all your problems are solved yeah um and because he was so premature my mum stuck around for a week um and we had the midwives coming over every day for about a week because they needed to monitor his weight. So were you able to go home? 
Um, day three, we went home. Wow. Um, but they they had to come around every day to like do all these tests, prick his feet, check um, his weight. And um, I think having all of those people around and my mum staying with us took a toll on the relationship as well because like he had to share me with other people. Yeah. And then when my mum left, it was only for like a couple of days or something. She said, I just need to go home and do some things and see dad. And in those couple of days, like he just lashed out and just started pushing me and then hitting me and was like, this is for all the times I couldn't do this while you were pregnant. What? And I was like, what is going on? Um, like our son was in the bedroom sleeping in his bassinet. Um, and I was just so confused because I thought, like, everything's been great. Like, we've got this beautiful new baby. We've had all this help, midwives, family, visitors. And I thought everything was great, but it's just like he wasn't happy and he bottled it all up and just started hurting me out of nowhere. And, um, yeah, so he just started hitting me in the face and then he'd actually, like, like sort of karate kicked me in the side of my leg and I almost couldn't walk from it and I went to hit him and he grabbed my wrist and like twisted it and then for the next couple of days I almost couldn't even hold our son properly like my wrist was just so sore um so I went okay like this is not ever gonna change yeah (sighs) um so hard to talk about but anyway well yeah um it honestly, it feels like a lifetime ago. I just, like, so much has even happened since then. You're so young and you've lived, like, yeah. a thousand lives. Yeah. But I honestly, I feel so, so blessed for everything that's happened, actually, because I feel like the fact it's happened at such a young age and that I did have a child with him, it's actually been better that way because I still... Like, I'm still young now. I'm 26 now, and I still think I'm so young. And without having a child to him, I would probably never have left him. Yeah. He's made you strong. Like, I don't even know if I'd still, yeah, I don't even know if I'd still be with him, like, in a relationship or if, you know, things could have got out of hand and I wouldn't, like, be here at all kind of thing. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to leave it there for now this story is far from over and there is a lot more to this story that you need to hear and that's why it's split over two episodes I just want to thank my guest so much for coming onto the show I know that it's it's really hard to talk about and it's you know for a lot of people they don't talk about it in a lot of detail and then you know afterwards you can feel quite drained and really quite sad rehashing all that stuff from the past so I know that it's tough to talk about so to my guest I think you are absolutely amazing like I couldn't be prouder of you I think you've really come out of this just incredibly well and I know you know unfortunately this story does get a little bit worse before it gets better but you know obviously she's a single mum now so she is not with this guy and she's coming out the other side and You should be really proud of yourself for that. 
If you want to get in touch with me, you can send me an email to julia at singlemothersurvivalguide.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at Single Mother Survival Guide, all one word. I would absolutely love to hear from you. If this resonated with you, please do let me know. As I mentioned at the start of this episode, I would absolutely love for you to rate this podcast in iTunes or if you have a few minutes, even writing a review would be absolutely incredible and help single mums find this podcast. If you go over to the website, www.singlemothersurvivalguide.com, on the homepage, there is a link to join the Single Mother Survival Guide support forum. Feel free to come and join that Facebook group. You can also read the blog and check out all the other podcast episodes. I'm sure you'll find something on that website that resonates with you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day or evening, depending on where you are and when you're listening. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Okay, bye for now.